such a nice person why is it you write these stories that make people so mad it's a great question i'm i don't know i'm i i, I just love people yelling at me about college football rankings i guess but you know what it's been an unusual offseason we need things football to talk about so i'm happy to do it well and this is very interesting football to talk about what it is is the most dominant programs of the last 50 years the 25 most dominant and we talked last time when you did a list of the best 25 teams of the last 50 years this is the best 25 programs overall. So Ohio State fans, I know you were upset last time. You'll be a little happier this time, but there's some some other fan bases that are not going to like this. But you had a, a pretty concrete way of determining this. So what were the criteria you used to determine the, the 25 most dominant programs of the last 50 years? Yeah, so when, we, when I did the teams, I did use a lot of objective data, but it ended up being, you know, I, I kind of altered the rankings based on some subjective ideas. This one was 100% objective. So I looked at 23 different categories plus national championships to kind of come up with a formula. And I ended up ranking all 65 Power 5 teams plus BYU because they won the national championship in this time. So I had 66 teams. I did include group of five initially, uh, but it became clear pretty quickly that nobody would make the list except for Boise State. But considering Boise State's been a FBS team for only 24 of the 50 years, it was kind of hard to include them in the ranking, so I just kind of gave them a special shout-out. Um, so I just included the Power 5 teams in BYU, and I ranked them, as I said, in 23 categories. Anything from wins and winning percentage to you know losing seasons to uh, seasons with a 900 winning percentage. So you know if you go, you lose only one game, basically. Um, you know AP finishes, records against ranked teams, uh, blowouts against ranked teams, wins by double digits, scoring offense, scoring defense, point differential, all these different things that I just ranked all the teams in those categories. I averaged the ranking, and then I gave everybody bonus points for the number of national championships they won. And you could probably argue with some of the methodology, but all things considered, the teams were generally pretty consistent from category to category. Uh, So I don't know. I'm pretty happy with the way the rankings came out. It treats all 50 years equally. So if you are unaware that Oregon and Wisconsin were terrible for the first half of this exercise, uh, yeah, you you're, you're going to why are they, they so low? They've yeah. been awesome. Yeah, they were not before that. <laughs> yeah. They were not good before you were born. That's the problem. Correct. That, that's <laughs> Rich Brooks came along and then Oregon started getting better, and <laughs> Barry Alvarez came along and Wisconsin started getting better. But so. We start out at number one with Alabama. I don't think anybody's really surprised by this. This is bookended by the Bear Bryant era and the Nick Saban era, so two of the best coaches of all time at the heights of their powers. Uh, And and actually, you end up missing some Bryant championships just because you start in 1970. Correct. So, yeah, Alabama actually ranked third in just the average ranking that I did. But when I fa- you had to, I feel felt like I had to give some kind of bonus for just national championships and heavily weight them. So now Alabama's won nine national titles since 1970, which is obviously ridiculous. And, you know, you can quibble with the one in '73 that they won, which was the coaches' poll before they lost to Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl. But even with eight, they'd still be way ahead of everybody else. Nobody else has more than five. So 
you know, Nick Saban has five in since 2009. Uh, so there's just no question that even though there's been lulls, you know, obviously they struggled for a while after Bear Bryant. They did win a national title in 92, but they, you know, were kind of inconsistent for a pretty large period of time. But with the three national titles under Bear Bryant in the 70s, with the five national titles under Nick Saban, and they were, you know, I mentioned 23 categories. They were in the top five in 22 of the 23. The only one they were not was scoring offense, which they were eighth. So across the board, Alabama has been ridiculously good. Even with some down years, they've had the most dominant seasons. Uh, I don't think it should surprise anybody that they would come in at number one. No, and then the next two are all about consistency. Oklahoma, number two. Ohio State, number three. Oklahoma had the John Blake era in the 90s, but other than that, they've been really good. Ohio State, I would argue, has been the most consistently good program in the history of the sport. So that's that's just win, 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 win. Yeah, Ohio State actually had the lowest, the the best average ranking. It's just they've, I don't want to say struggled to turn great seasons into national championships because they've won three, although the – there's kind of an asterisk by the 1971, so it's kind of like two legit ones. But, you know, they're kind of known for, you know, somebody already in the comments pointed out, you know, 98 was a great team that probably should have won a national championship and lost to Michigan State. You know, 2015 did the same thing. Uh, so Ohio State's kind of had a handful of teams like that, but they've had two losing seasons in 50 years. One of them was the transition year after Jim Trestle got fired. And it's just, you know, they did have some – mediocre by Ohio State standard seasons under Earl Burris, under John Cooper, but they were never, almost never bad. And, you know, in the past 20 years, they've just been consistently great. In the 70s, they were consistently great. Most of the 90s, they were consistently great. So Ohio State, I'm sorry you got snubbed from the dominant teams list, but clearly they belong in the top three. And you could argue, I think the top three are pretty clear. Um, I, I think so, based too. on the consistency, there's been some down years, but the championships just – the, the lack of, I guess they've been some long down periods for Oklahoma and Alabama, but overall they just add up with, they're, they're, they're the best They're never really that long. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. the thing. You look, at, you look at Alabama. So DuBose got fired in 2000. They had a terrible year that year. But they won the SEC the year before that. Right. You know, they weren't terrible under Fran. The, the Shuley years, that they only had, really had, they had one, one good year, year in though. 2005. They had, yeah. But, but the thing was they weren't awful during those periods either that and and that's one of those that if you can avoid being awful that helps you in something like this but now the next one though is really interesting because i think if you when you you hand it to someone over 40 they'll go (laughs) oh i get it and actually i kind of thought they'd be higher and then if you show it to someone under 30 they'll go what are they doing up here (laughs) number four nebraska yeah, so they haven't won. Uh, they haven't won any kind of championship in over twenty years now. The last championship was ninety nine in the Big Twelve. So they won the Big Twelve North in two thousand nine, okay. sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Endemikansu, but <laughs> obviously there, there's been kind of a ceiling, kind of a nine and four type ceiling over the past twenty years. It seems, uh, but. And and you know they've also kind of struggled. They had kind of an Oklahoma problem when when. It was Osborne versus Switzer. But despite that, they were so consistently good for over 30 years. But from 1970 through uh, 2001, they finished ranked every year. And they finished in the top 10 most of those years. They finished in the top five many of those years. Every year without fail, Nebraska was really good. They were almost always in a major bowl game. 
so you add all that up, and they actually still – I, I kind of had to double-check this. I was shocked. But they lead the country in point differential over the last 50 years. Despite the mediocrity in still. many cases over the last <laughs> 20 years, they just – I mean, we talked about this off-air. It was kind of like – the big eight maybe didn't have great depth for a while. Oklahoma and Colorado were really good, but Nebraska was beating up on some bad teams for a while. You know, they were yeah, playing, you had, you had they played a lot of bad you Kansas State teams. Pre, a lot of bad Iowa State yeah. teams. Pre-Bill Snyder, Kansas State was awful. You guys think Kansas is bad now. Pre-Bill Snyder, yes. Kansas State was worse. So Nebraska was top five in most categories. You know, they were 13th in number of top 10 wins, 13th in top 10 winning percentage. So there were a couple categories where they were, you know, whereas Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State are pretty much in the top five and everything. Nebraska had a couple that they were lower. But still, based on how good they were for so long and how consistently good they were, um, it's I don't I don't know if it should be surprising that they're that they're there. You know, they've won five national championships in this time, uh, in seventy and, and seventy one. Um, they've won three out of four national titles in the mid nineties with undefeated teams. So you add up the five national championships uh, some of the great scoring offenses that they had, you know, it's they still deserve to be there. Even if you did it in the last 20 years, they wouldn't be close to fourth. It, the next one's USC, which feels like it's a product of two runs. And you've got your, your 70s run and your early 2000s run, but they were dominant enough. And then, I don't know, it, the, like Paul Hackett years and the, all those years, where they, they, they were just above average enough to keep keep themselves floated up there, right? Yeah, I mean, even when USC wasn't a dominant program, it was still going to some Rose Bowls. You know, you think in the 90s they played in a couple, or in, in 95 against Northwestern. Um, in the 80s, they went to three in a row un, under Larry Smith. But these weren't like the top-of-the-line USC teams that we saw under Pete Carroll and under John McKay and, and certainly in the beginning of the John Robinson era. So USC's been pretty consistently good. You know, they were they were mediocre for a, a stretch of the '90s there, but you know, obviously the highs have been really, really high. Uh, you know, five national championships in this time again. Uh, you know, I didn't factor in Heisman right Heisman's into this formula and, and all Americans, but they also fare really well in just the pure talent level that they've had. You know, they've had the most top 100 draft picks in the last 50 years. Um, they have one of four winning records against teams that are ranked in the top 10, which is really hard to do. So I don't think, again, it's, it probably isn't a surprise to anybody at USC would be there. They've been, you know, struggled with, struggled to get over the hump in the last 10 years, certainly, but they were so good in the seventies, so good in the two thousands. And then beyond that, even in the, the decades where they've been a little worse in the eighties, nineties, 2010s, they still have had some really good years. I mean, you know, they've been to the two major bowls in the past few years despite all of the heat on clay helton so uh usc rounds out the top five i think i don't know if, if i had to guess the top five before doing this it might have been those five teams there's obviously some others with some arguments but i think it's a pretty rock solid group well we're not going to do these one by one but i do want to talk about number six because yeah. it has the most amazing stretch that i think we'll <laughs> yes. ever see in college football and that's florida state so florida state was not a good football program until bobby bowden showed up in the late 70s and then they took off in the 80s from 1987 through 2000 they finished every year ranked in the top five of the ap poll and i believe if you go back and look every year ranked in the top four of the AP poll. It's in every ridiculous. One of those years. 
And I, you'll never see that again, so, ever. So the context there is, so they were in the top five in 14 consecutive seasons, as you said. Only three other teams have 14 top five finishes in the past 50 years, period. And they did it consecutively. So the other teams, Oklahoma has 21, Ohio State has 20, Alabama's 18, Florida State had 14 in, in a row. Uh and then, you know, they, they have only three outside of that period, which feels kind of like underachieving. I know I know they were – I don't want to say it was underachieving well, before one then. One of those but was since an then, undefeated national yeah, title But seasons. one of them was that, yes. So Florida State, you know, has certainly had some down periods. But, you know, maybe Miami fans might question, okay, Florida State's sixth, Miami's tenth. But Florida State's also, you know, in the past 15 years did win a national championship and has won conference titles. And that's the difference. And, you know, when Miami had a down period in the mid-90s, Florida State was finishing in the top five every year. So, you know, it's it was gonna always going to be interesting just based on this time frame to see where the, the Florida schools finished, Florida State, Florida, Miami, because they were all pretty much irrelevant in the 70s. And they've all had some down stretches in the past decade, really. Uh, but Florida State with, you know, three national titles, but just, again... I, I don't think you have to say anything more than they had a run of 14 straight top five finishes because it's just insane. And and will that like ever be duplicated? Like it's it's just no, so hard. It never will. Even I Alabama has been right. amazingly good, but they've still had a couple outside the top five under Saban. Exactly. I mean, that that's the thing. I don't think we'll ever see it again. And then, you know, you've got some old line folks, Michigan and Penn State. You get to Florida, which is more of a nouveau riche. They, they weren't good until the 90s. Uh, but you mentioned Miami, and I yeah. want to talk about Miami because – they strike me as one of the another one of those that it's it, depending on your age you're looking at this differently because for me growing up living in Florida in the 80s and 90s I, I can't imagine Miami not being one of the best programs ever right but obviously covering having covered the sport the last 20 years they've been very mediocre so uh, you know how do you how do you judge that yeah, so if I was doing – I mean, I wrote this. If I was doing this subjectively, like, I think they would be the hardest to place just because they were just awful in the 70s. And, you know, they were good but not exceptional for a good chunk of the 90s after the Dennis Erickson era. And since joining the ACC in 2004, they haven't won a conference title. So there's been long stretches of mediocrity or worse where they've not been a dominant program. But they won national championships in 83, 87, 89, 91 – they had a lot of you know top three type finishes around those championships. 2001, they won a national title. They finished number two in 2000, number two in 2002. So they have a bunch of national titles, and a few few breaks go a different way, and they're kind of in the ballpark of Alabama's nine national titles. Like they're they're close, uh, but they needed the bump I gave for national championships to even get in the top ten because if you look at what you know overall factoring in all of these years equally. Um, they're 16th in winning percentage in the last 50 years. You know, they're, they were at a 385 winning percentage in the 1970s. So they were, yeah, awful. they were, they were. So bad. again, this, this pen, it's kind of 50 years is a round number, but it is also arbitrary. So if you moved around that number and did it the last 40 years, they would move up because the 70s wouldn't be factored in. But this is just, hey, this is what the article is. And, you know, for at least half of this time period, Miami has not been very good. So they just don't have the consistency of the really top programs. And honestly, they don't have the consistency that Florida State had. So Miami's peaks have been as high as anybody's. But, you know, if if everything's factored in equally, um, it's just, you know, it's 
I mean, you mentioned people of a certain age, but if, if you're like a high school recruit now, You've you don't know Miami, Miami being be a good. powerhouse. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, you, it's really an interesting topic. And, you know, honestly, the article, I have to shout out uh, our colleague Manny Navarro, who covers Miami for us. After I published the 25 Most Dominant Teams, I went on his podcast. Uh, go listen to that, Miami fans. And we kind of talked through Miami's place, but he also talked about where Miami would place in a dominant programs list, which helped spark this idea. And my, off the top of my head, I just said, Oh, you know, probably like six, seventh, eighth, just based on, you know, the, the peaks, but you know, here objectively they come in 10th. But I think if you wanted to make a subjective argument based on the number of great seasons they had, they could probably be higher, be higher. But my other argument is they should have won more in the seventies and they should have won more since joining the ACC. We are contractually obligated every time we talk about Manny Navarro to say, it's the Coastal, man. <laughs> Correct. That's, that's another reason why Miami should have more wins recently. Exactly, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but we, we come to the next school on the list, and this is probably the most surprising, probably the one that, that the general fans going to open this and go, wait, what? But no. But this is a school, I think, and I think you mentioned this in the story, if you move the window to a different 50-year period – They'd be number one. Yeah. Not even close. Yes. But they're number 11, Notre Dame. Yeah, if we did – so, you know, it kind of lines up perfectly. We're, we've had 150 years of college football. So if you did the middle 50 years, I didn't, I didn't actually do this, but, like, there's just no doubt in my mind that Notre Dame would be number one. They are 11th in the past 50 years and certainly boosted – you know, they've had some really good seasons, obviously. You know, they played in the BCS title game no matter how that – actually played out they still went undefeated in the regular season in 2012 you know they went to the playoff a few years ago but notre dame has not won a major bowl game since 1993 which is remarkable it's like oh and eight or something in that span i might be wrong but something around that uh so notre dame and, and that's kind of illustrates the struggles notre dame has had in big games um just it's had 46 wins against top 10 teams in the past 50 years uh, only seven of those have happened since 2000. Wow. So Notre Dame was a really good program for most of the previous, well, basically the first half of this. Obviously, the the Faust era is an exception. But in the 70s, Notre Dame was you know a powerhouse, won a couple of national titles in 73, 77, was in the mix for many others. You know, the Lou Holtz era was mostly very, very good. 88, they won a championship. They were also in the mix a couple other years. And as I said, you know, they've been in the mix under Brian Kelly a few times. But they've also just really struggled in big games basically since the Lou Holtz era ended. So, you know, Notre Dame's placement, I don't know. This is probably where about where I would have guessed based on the numbers. Just it's been an uneven 50 years. I don't know. Do you think Notre Dame would be lower or higher than this? It, I think they're about where they should be. Yeah. I just think I think if you're this is, again, your age. If you're yeah. older, you're going to be shocked by this. If you're younger, you might actually be a little shocked that they're as high yes. as they are. But it's one of those things that this program, you have to understand, if if you're under 30, you need to understand that for the folks that are over 40, especially over 50, Notre Dame was college football in America. Yes, They were the only team you could watch all the time, that everybody could watch. Like, even if you didn't get their their game live, you got Lindsey Nelson on Sunday morning doing the Notre Dame replay. So they came into everybody's house at a time when 
even your local school might not do that. So uh, if you were a child in the in the 80s and remember that you know, the Braves and the Cubs games were always on, it was a lot like that. There were a lot of people who just followed Notre Dame because it was the only team you could see all the time. Right. So if I look at the numbers here across the board, they're in the top 16 in every category I evaluated. So it's, you know, they're not in the top, they're not higher than seventh, I don't think. So they're kind of just, again, pretty much everything is from seventh to 16th. So uh, number 11 makes sense. You know, Notre Dame is still trying to prove it can get back to being some kind of consistent powerhouse. It's certainly a power. It's still capable of being very good as we've seen in the past few years, but uh, the big game factor really, really plays into this ranking, given what they've done in the last 25 years. Really, uh, it's it's been a struggle, and it's you know the 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 2012 BCS championship game is kind of a microcosm of Notre Dame struggles over the last 25 years. And Eddie Lacy just spun yes. away from Manti Teo again. <laughs> okay, now we come to the creepiest ranking on the list. Our, our our friend Ben Holton, who is one of our more dedicated listeners to this podcast, one of our more dedicated <laughs> readers of the Athletic, wrote to us this morning and said. What's up with LSU? I'm an LSU fan. They're ranked number 13, and their winning percentage over the last 50 years is 666. <laughs> I didn't realize that until he tweeted at us this morning. So, That's, uh, so is, this, is this a bad omen for the defending national champs to see this year? <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I think they got elevated to number 13 just based on what happened last year, uh, adding another national Yeah, well, they got to 666 by going 15 and up. Yes. <laughs> so... Yeah, LSU is a strange program because, you know, if you did it in the past 20 years, they would certainly be much higher. They'd probably be in the top, what, top four, top three uh, based on the national championships. You know, they've had three consecutive coaching hires result in a national championship, which is remarkable. It's something that very few teams have done. I know Miami did it in the 80s and 90s. But they also kind of – were they a little bit of an underachiever probably? I think they were before that. I mean, they didn't have many top 10 teams before the, before Nick Saban took over. Uh, they were, you know, consistently good, rarely really great, kind of in the shadow of Alabama for, for many of these years. Um, so, you know, they ranked in the top 10 in only five of the 23 categories that I evaluated. Um, you know, they're really good in the number of rank, wins against ranked teams, number of wins against top 10 teams they've had. You know, good defense. See, I think, but, and I think that the SEC West recently that changes the top ten because you have so many yes. top ten on top ten matchups. So when you're beating yes. a top ten team as an SEC West team right now, you're probably beating them as a top ten team yourself. It's yeah, not that, usually an upset. That definitely factored in when I looked at you know the teams that kind of amassed the most top ten wins, uh, top twenty five wins. It's in large part SEC. I mean, Alabama is kind of think was kind of way ahead, but Florida's right up there. LSU's right up there. Auburn's in the top 10 in that category. So yeah, the last 15 years of the SEC kind of clearly being the best conference um, and kind of having that just better depth has certainly boosted that case and allowed some of these teams to kind of excel in that category. So we go down the list a little bit. Clemson came in at number 15, yep. which I don't think should surprise anybody because the, their recent run of success is amazing. They made up a lot of ground in the last five yeah, years. Before that, they, they, they had were a lot of underachieving going on before Dabo. Exactly. So, uh, but it, two that the, were toward the bottom that I was a little surprised to see on the list at all. But I think it, it speaks to, probably speaks to the level of frustrations in their fan base too because they've been pretty good. But never great. 
And that's UCLA yeah. and Texas A&M. UCLA was the one that I'm like, hold on a second. Really? Did I, did I do this right? But because I mean, the last 20 years, I mean, kind of since yeah. they lost, I, I wrote it like since they lost to Miami in December, 1998 and blew a chance to go into the BCS title game. Uh, they really haven't been very good. Couple, I mean, they, a couple of the Brett Hundley teams were all right. They were number 10 in 2014. That's they've had only three ranked finishes in the past 21 seasons, 16th in 2005, they went 10-2. Uh, they were 16th in 2013, they went 10-3, and three, and they were 10th in 2014, they went 10-3. and three. Other than that, uh, not very good. But I, I, I don't know. I think people – okay, so I'll, I'm 32. I was born in 1988. So I think people my age probably don't realize that UCLA was really consistently good like right before I was born. Um, you know, the Terry Donahue years were very good. Uh, you know, USC – was still good, but kind of wasn't, you know, a, a consistent, you know, national championship contender necessarily. And UCLA helped fill that gap. They had a run of uh, five top ten seasons in seven years. Went to a bunch of major bowl games. Went to a few Rose Bowls. You know, they were pretty good in the seventies as well. They were pretty good for a chunk of the nineties. So I, I think UCLA and Texas A and M are kind of in a similar area where the last 20 years they've just had few great teams you know a&m had the johnny manzel team but that's kind of it since they won the their last conference yeah, they, championship they was 98 some, right they had some good defenses in the 90s and with the wrecking crew but they've never really been consistently great and that it, it makes no sense we we talked about it on the podcast uh me and david oven talked about it a few weeks ago where they have everything you think exactly. you need but can't ever seem to put it together. Maybe this is the year for them because they, they do have a veteran team and a, and a more manageable schedule, even though it's still hard. I'm going to, before I let you go, I got to talk to you about one more team, Matt. And that is the last team on your top 25 of most dominant programs of the last 50 years. If we talk to an alien who had landed on earth in 2017, and that's all they've watched of football, their head would explode to see this team's name on the list. But by all means, please tell us how great Houston Nutt was for a while at Arkansas. <laughs> well, I don't know about great. It was more like how great like Lou Holtz was in the early 80s. Houston Nutt <laughs> took him to two SEC championship oh, games. Give the man some credit. <laughs> all right. Houston Nutt did have some good years. Uh, obviously, that's partially why they're on the list. Although I'll say their only top 10 team since Lou Holtz was Bobby Petrino's last season. And uh, obviously, it's been a struggle since Bobby Petrino's uh, unglamorous exit from Fayetteville. Uh, Houston not, did have some good seasons, though, as well. Uh, but in, actually, honestly, I was kind of surprised looking back. I thought he had a team that would have finished better than 15th, but he actually didn't. Um, so, yeah, Arkansas That's was another one that, you know, I, I mentioned I included BYU in this exercise because they won a national championship. They kind of seem like a pseudo Power 5 team in some respects. And BYU was the first team out in 26. I thought BYU might sneak in there ahead of Arkansas, but they didn't. Arkansas, I don't know. I, the case isn't very good over the last few years, but when you get into this area of the rankings, it's like one really good decade or decade and a half can kind of push you over the top. And Arkansas was good in the 70s, you know, good for a chunk of the 80s, and then just rock solid for, you know, some of the 90s, 2000s. So, Kind of a lack of elite seasons, but yes, I'll give Houston Nutt his due, but also Frank Burles and Lou Holtz and yes, Bobby Petrino. I guess if we have to give them credit to <laughs> Woo Pig Suey indeed. Matt, that is a very fun list. Thank you so much for joining us. You got it. Thanks, Andy, for having me. Mm-hmm.